early service, and boy, we just entered into the presence of God through worship, kind of like we're doing here, and I enjoy the simplicity of, of today's worship. Thank you guys for uh, leading us into that arena of just hearing so many of our voices. Sometimes it's good to dial back on the instruments and just let our praises be the instrument. Let your voice, you have an instrument, and God loves to hear your voice, whether it's in tune or not. God loves it. It's the expression of the heart. It's why we do what we do. We just praise God. Well, hey, I want to, uh, we mentioned last week, uh, we introduced Jed and Chelsea as our uh, full-time youth pastors and a plethora of other things that he'll be doing. But his bride wasn't up here with him. So we want uh, Jed and Chelsea to stand together because this is a team and just recognize them as a ministry. <laughs> Smile and wave. That's all. Yeah, there you go. I, I'm really excited for what they are bringing. Chelsea is doing an amazing job behind the scenes. Um, I am really excited for what uh, uh, she is bringing to our church. Now, now listen, up front, Publicly, I want you to know we're not getting a two-for-one here, okay, so this is Jed, but she's, she's his helpmate, and she's really just been amazing for us, and I know that she's been uh, just behind the scenes. What we're going to be kind of seeing in the future with Jed and Chelsea and their partnership and team here is just going to be awesome with our youth kids, and you know, Jed has been working so hard with uh, splitting his time at R.C. Willie as a manager and trying to, to do youth ministry and minister to our teenagers. It's just impossible almost to be able to do what our church is requiring him to do with that position there. So now he's able to dedicate his attention and, and uh, efforts and, and uh, just bless us with, with that. And so I'm excited for Jed and Chelsea and you guys. And we're so thankful and your beautiful kids uh, to just be in this uh, partnership together in ministry. And uh, just want to say thank you to them. How many of you are thankful that you have each other? Right? We're here. Uh, we are thankful for each other because we build each other, we strengthen each other, we encourage each other. I was at the gym the other day, I had a New Year's resolution, trying to be healthier and, and go to the gym a little bit more. Um, I was at the gym yesterday, and there's this little boy, he was probably nine years old. I didn't tell you this, Katie, but, but he was just kind of wandering around doing weights. He must have come with his dad, and I was doing some you know, weights that were pretty heavy for me, and he must have been watching, and he comes over to me, nine years old, he says, you're doing good, bro. <laughs> I looked, and I said, thanks, man, yeah, I appreciate it. At least I can impress the nine-year-olds. I mean, it's pretty, my muscles. Um, but it's good, that's what we're here. You're doing good, bro. You're doing good, you're doing the work. Keep up the effort, keep pushing in, keep pursuing. God is there. Victory and success comes through the pain and the struggles. You're sp- we're building spiritual muscle. We're getting fit into this place, right? God is strengthening us. He's strengthening you. And His Spirit is molding and shaping our spiritual biceps today. And I'm excited for more of the stretching, growing periods of our church this next year. Even if it's a little bit uncomfortable at times. That's where the growth happens. We have those uncomfortable teaching moments. God brings out some uncomfortable truths for us. We, we are sharpened, and then there's a rest period for us to rest in that, and the pain that we just kind of uh, ponder through and meditate on and allows us to have some time of rest in Him, and then we're, ba- we're strengthened after that rest time to go hit the, the weights even harder. That's how it works. So we're going to be hitting the weights today. I was hoping for an amen there. I don't know. 
What I've got here, uh, Mitch, what do you see? A little closer. What do we see? A black dot. We've got to get this right. This is my illustration. Don't mess it up here. Okay. I was worried about that. I did this. Anyways, so you see a black dot. You know, 99%, if not 100% of us see a black dot, but what we're missing out on is what I'm actually holding is a piece of paper. Only 5% of this piece of paper is a black dot, yet all of us would focus on the black dot, the black spot. Why? Because our attention is drawn to the black spot. That ink spot that's right in the middle, that's where our eyes focus on. We are forgetting what is actually here in my hands. The other 95% of everything that is here, that is pure, that is represented here, that, is, that I'm holding, is totally forgotten, totally ignored, and we focus right in here under the black spot. We're going to talk about some black spots today. Is that okay? Do I have permission to talk about black spots? I hope so, because we're going to do it anyways. Because it's important where we put our focus, really. Today is where we're going to put our focus, our attention. Where do we set our eyes? What is it that we focus on in our lives? And all of us, can I just say up front, we've got black spots. Every single one of this whole church is filled with black spots. The pastor up here is filled with black spots. But where do we cast our eyes? Where do we put our attention? If we put it just on the spot we won't see the whole picture hebrews 12 2 said fixing our eyes on jesus i want to fix our eyes on jesus our goal is to fix our eyes upon our lord and savior the son of god jesus christ not to look at anything else but him fix our gaze put our concentration put our full attention fixing our eyes on jesus turn to the person next to you say fix our eyes on jesus all the way over there fix our eyes on jesus i've met some really negative people in my life and i'm sure that no no doubt some of you have met some negative people in your life and there was one woman I'll never forget that uh, she had some health problems, and she, uh, we would help her out. She, we would take her places. We would take her to the store. We would take her um, here and there, pick things up for her, bring it to her, back and forth to church. And, and um, uh, boy, she really was one of those people who didn't really ask. She had a spirit of demanding, and she never said thank you, and she never, was a, never came across as appreciative. She had a black spot, but that was all that she focused on, and she didn't, wasn't able to see all the help that was being given to her or willing to give to her. And so eventually that little black spot became a black spot that she saw every single day, and every single day that black spot, big, black spot got bigger and bigger and bigger until every day it was all that she could see. I've never met a more negative person in my life. She had allowed the black spot to become so big that that's all she could see and eventually that's all she wanted to see. Sometimes we get into the habit of seeing the black spot that that's all we begin to want to see or look for. There are times that we carry the black spot into our lives, into the future. I was talking with a neighbor of mine 
who he had said with passionate anger in his voice, he said, whatever company you work for, this was years ago, he said, whatever company you work for, whatever employer that you have, you need to always remember that you can't trust them. They, they, you, you, you lean upon yourself. You look out for your best interest, not the company's best interest. You look out for yourself. You do not rely upon them or anyone else. And he said it with anger because he had been fired 20 years plus ago from a job that he had. Carrying a black spot with anger of something that happened 20 plus years ago still affected him today. We can also create the black spots in our lives. It's true. We just, I mean, it's, it's honestly, it's our human nature. It's, it's the side of us that really that's, we have to fight against. God can give us a blessing, and we can turn it right into a curse. He can give you the best job that you've been praying for, and then all of a sudden, it's not good enough. You, see, you find black spots. God gives you that perfect man or woman. You marry them. A few years later, all of a sudden, there's a black spot. Turn a blessing into a curse. This happens all in our lives, in our relationships. We have uh, black spots, people that we interact with, and we begin to have a neg- negative outlook and pessimistic and criticism fill our hearts, and black spots become popping up everywhere, and all of a sudden we see a lens through everything through these black spots. And everything just seems to be a little bit darker. And this doesn't just happen in outside. It happens within the church too. Just being vulnerable, it happens all the time. Not here, of course. The black spot of the music's too loud. The black spot of the worship team isn't doing the right style. I mean, people love new things, but when they come to the church, and all of a sudden it doesn't take very long for them to see the black spot in the pastor. He doesn't preach the way that I would like him to preach. There's not enough jokes. The list goes on and on. The way that, there's a, the way that we do communion and our prayer, the paint on the walls, it could be anything that can be a black spot, and we just carry it wherever we go. And it's not only destructive in your Life, your home life, your work life, your personal life, it's destructive in our spiritual lives. And all of us have to protect our hearts from the black spots. This is not something that we say we ignore that those black spots, which is actually pain and things that can cause us to be cynical in our lives and cause us to be guarded. It is is not to be ignored. It's something that we don't fix our attention on. It's not something that we dwell on. We fix our focus on the things above, not on the things that are here on earth. And when we find, we find that we are fixing our eyes upon what is above, where God reigns, where the kingdom of heaven is, then what is it that could get us down and just destroyed? Nothing. God has you in His hand and He wants you to keep your eyes on Him and to keep your focus where it needs to be. And that's on Jesus. Listen, we, we can focus on the shortcomings. We can focus on our deficiency. We can focus on our flaws. And we can focus on all the negative things in the world. But what you focus on is what you will get. And it will not only affect you today. If you want to have a bad day, just start focusing on all the, all the flaws, all the weaknesses that we have, right? All the things that we don't have. If we focus on that, it's going to affect you today, it's going to affect you tomorrow, and it will affect you years from now if we let it. God tells us we are to move forward. He's constantly telling us to move forward from one step to the next. In the process of our understanding of God, from glory to glory, we understand Him more and more, from love to a greater love. 
and to move forward. Some of us have to get past those black spots. In fact, some of us have to totally redirect our eyes because our eyes are so drawn to that black spot in our life. Yeah, but you don't know how much I've been hurt. You don't know how much they've hurt me. You don't know what my past is like. And sometimes we carry that past as the identity of how we make our choices now. And God says, I want you to move forward past that. And I want you to look through a perspective of I have for you and eyes that I have. Yes, that happened to you and that was hurtful and that was painful, but I don't want you to carry that. And I don't want you to carry that lens in your life anymore because it's destructive in how you view people, view yourself, and even view me. I don't want you to have a black spot on God anymore. I don't want you to have a black spot on me anymore of what a father's love really is like. I want you to trust my love. We fix our eyes on him and him alone. We fix our eyes on Jesus. We move forward by keeping our eyes on him and him alone for our salvation. It's not the church that we fix our eyes on for salvation. It's not the pastor or anybody else that we fix our eyes on for salvation. It is fixed on Jesus and Jesus alone. We have one goal in mind. And to reach our goals, we have to set our mind to it. You can do anything you set your mind to, right? We set our mind, we set our heart, we set our attention, we set our focus on Jesus. We fix our eyes on Him and Him alone. Colossians 3, 2, set your minds on the things above and not on things on the earth. And can I tell you, there's a Way too many things that can distract us here on earth. That does every single day. Every time you turn the TV on. Every time we drive down the street. Every time we have a conversation, there's a possible distraction. The possibility of distracting our eyes and focus on Jesus. As we're going through Joshua, and we've been learning about the Israelites... And the things that they have accomplished and what they have done, we come to Joshua chapter 12, and we have taken each chapter each week and looked at the Israelites and the accomplishments and things that God has done in them, the battles that they have faced, some epic things that God has provided and done for them. We see that there is a succession of battles starting all the way from Moses from the east of the Jordan, battling and fighting and winning and God supplying all their needs for the cloud and the fire and the manna. And every day they had everything taken care of and water in the wilderness, cross the Jordan with Joshua and they fight battles and Jericho and winning and all these things. And God has definitely been on the move with them, but they've also seen some pretty embarrassing black spots upon the Israelite people. In fact, it's downright shameful things that they have done. We talk about Moses. He's not a perfect man. And I'm so thankful that God doesn't leave out the black spots because, boy, it would be very difficult to live up to perfection. But these aren't perfect people. They're ordinary people who surrendered to God, even those black spots. Moses, fits of rage was downright embarrassing. Lack of self-control. Striking a rock instead of just speaking to it. Disobedience, disregard. Aaron leading the Israelites to craft a golden calf to worship instead of God as the Ten Commandments were being given. An ugly black mark, a spot that was bigger than just a little stain. The ten 
black spots of the 12 spies. Remember who came back and all they saw and all they gave was a negative report about the blessings that God had for them? All they could see was that there was, there was impossible to receive what God had promised them. A black spot stood in their way. There was fruit. They could see it, but the giants were making a black spot in their hearts. It's too impossible. It's too scary. It's not worth it. I'm afraid. Ten out of the twelve is only Joshua and Caleb who could see God beyond the black spots. Achan, from the time that they crossed the Jordan River from the east side down into the west, Joshua's leading. The Israelites are winning. They took over Jericho. The walls came crumbling down, not on their effort, but only through the shouts of praise. The miraculous was demonstrated for them, and yet Achan, a man, stole from God, directly disobeyed, and stole from his fellow men, the Israelites. And the consequence was that there were several men that had died because of his sin. A black spot on the Israelites. But in chapter 12, we see a completely different tone. Chapter 12 is all about listing the victories. It's all about listing how the the enemy had been defeated over and over and over and over and over again. The whole entire chapter is dedicated just for winning. Right smack dab in the middle of Joshua, God says almost to remind us, listen, I want you to count your blessings in the middle of the battle and in the middle of the promise. Some of us are receiving the promise right now, but we're neglecting praising God for it. And God's reminding us that I've given you and I am giving you. Don't forget. In fact, he is reminding them at the beginning. He says, don't forget what I've told you. Don't forget to obey my commands. Don't go from the right or to the left, but stay focused on me and you will have success. And so Joshua chapter 12, verse 1, and I won't go through all of the list because you can list that there in your own Bible reference that, but here's a list of the kings of the land that Joshua, the Israelites, I'm going to go uh, to one. There's the list of the king land who the Israelites had defeated and whose territory they took over east of the Jordan. And now that's all of Moses's Joshua chapter 12, verse 7, a few verses later, list the king of the land Joshua and the Israelites conquered uh, west of the Jordan. The king of Jericho, the king of Ai, the king of Jerusalem, king of Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachish, Eglon, Gezer, Debir, Geder, Hormah, and Arad, and on and on and on and on until there's 31 kings that were defeated, the enemy, those who opposed God, who hated God, who did evil in the sight of the Lord, were destroyed. 31 just for Joshua alone. This whole chapter is known for the victories and the success that was brought through God. The entire book is dedicated for this. Not one mention, not one word of a black spot on Israel. God didn't mix in, here's your victories, here's your success, and then you sin. Here's your victory, here's your success, but then. Here's your victory, here's your success, and you did wrong. Here's your victory, here's your success, but here's where you disobeyed. There's not one list of a black spot. God didn't say, here's your sin, your disobedience, your disgrace, your defiance, here's your judgment or warning, your disappointment or my displeasure, and you know it's here's where you've won. Here's where I've conquered. Here's where you've had success in the land of the promises that I've already given you this is where you have defeated the enemy i want you to write that down some of us need to forget what god forgets 
Some of us need to get behind, get, get in front of, leave behind those black spots. Yes, that happened. It was written, but they're not carrying it into the next phase of what the, the Israelites were going to go as they divide up the land and the inheritance of the land of Canaan for them. It's a beautiful picture of grace and forgiveness. It's a beautiful picture of victory in your life. It's a beautiful picture that God remembers and tells you to remember the victories in Jesus and not the sin of your past. The defeat of the enemy and not the defeat in the past. That if you're going to move forward with power and strength and courage, you've got to leave the black spots behind. And the only way to lead and live in courage and victory is to keep your eyes focused on where your victory comes from. It's all here in chapter 12. Read it through. List it one by one. They're numbered. And I can't imagine the emotional stirring, the excitement, the faith that was building as Joshua took his pen to paper and began to write the victories. Yes, in order. I remember that one. Boy, that was tough. When the sun, when the sun stood still, it was amazing. Boy, I remember this one. This was awesome when God provided. Wow, that one was a definite defeat. It was so easy. I almost forgot about it, but I didn't. This one was tough, but God pulled through. And as we begin to list more and more, it's like every time that there's a battle that was being won, it's like a faith was just beginning to burn inside of him. A faith that was saying, man, God's got this. And he's, if he had me there, he's going to have me in the future. An increase of God's presence, no doubt, as he's writing this down, there's praise, there's a victory. There's battles that have been won. List your battles, know them. Know where God has come through in your life. You want encouragement in your faith? You want to know how to build your faith? You're praying for God to to restore your faith? You begin to write down all the battles that God has won in your life? Faith will follow. Faith follows praise. Here's what God is telling us today. Is that we choose what we remember. You have the choice on what you want your memory bank to be full of. Do you want it to be of blessings and victory and success? Or do you want to be full of defeat and sorrow and heartache? What you focus on determines where you're headed. What you focus on will reinforce a loss or a victory. I'm not preaching a name it and claim it prosperity gospel. I'm preaching a gospel focused our eyes and our attention on Jesus. We're preaching a gospel that says whatever is good, whatever is noble, whatever is praiseworthy, that's what I'm going to think on. That's what I'm going to dwell on. That's what I'm going to put my eyes on. Because we know that if we search for it, we'll find it. If you want to search for problems, you're going to find it. But if you search for Jesus, you're going to find him. What do you want to find in your life? Do you want to find Jesus or more problems? If you find Jesus, your problems will go away. If you find problems, Jesus will go away. If you search for him, you will find him. And when you find Jesus, you find victory every single time. 
what we set our eyes on will be magnified. If you set your eyes upon the the weaknesses, the flaws, the hurts, the pains, the setbacks, the letdowns, the discouragements, that will be magnified in your life. You set your eyes on Jesus and God and His goodness and His grace and His ever-presence and ever-help in your life, that will be magnified in your life. If we can shift the focus to see the bigger picture, we begin to see that there is a lot more space to write on. Some of you are under attack personally because you see a black spot in your own life. It's there. We're not here to ignore it. But the attention has drawn you away from God. Maybe even on the, the side of saying you want to give this over to God, but you keep saying that over and over and over and over and over and over and over, and all of a sudden, that's all you see is the problem that doesn't seem to go away. Some of us, Satan's attacking through someone else's black spot. They have hurt you. They've caused pain. And you have carried their, their black spot and you brought it over to your life. And this black spot isn't yours to own. They hurt you. They did something wrong to you. But that's on them, not you. Quit carrying the responsibility of someone else's pain. That's not what God wants you to focus on. When we see the big picture, we begin to see that there's more that God wants to write upon our hearts. When we see just this, there's no space to write anything. But when we see on the outside of this, the bigger picture, we begin to see words written, forgiven, chosen, protected, loved, cherished, seen, not forgotten. You are my child. You are mine. No one else's. I love you. I see the sparrow and I see you. Your problems are not yours. They're mine. I have them. I have the power. I have the control. I will provide every need for you. Every blessing. Some of us need to see outside the black dot and see what God is writing. Because there is a lot more that God wants to write on your heart and in your memory more than the black spot that we've been focusing on. It's a powerful truth for us to live and continue to live in the promises that lay ahead and the victory that is yours right now. God is calling some of us to stop looking at the flaws, the weaknesses, and the problems. And some of us are called to not look at the flaws and weaknesses and problems of someone else because both get our eyes off Jesus. One, we focus on ourselves. Two, we focus on the other person. God doesn't call us to focus on other people or ourselves. He calls us to focus on Him. There's only one place that we are supposed to focus our eyes upon, and it's not in the mirror or at someone. It's on Jesus. We cannot afford to focus all of our attention on the black spots. Criticism, negativity, blame, 
It's all just temptation from Satan to get us distracted. That's the best way that Satan gets our hearts away from God. He, he presents other things for us to look at. To get our eyes off of him, off of Jesus. May we always aim for praise. You're in a battle. No doubt you're in a battle. You're in a struggle. No doubt. No doubt that you're in pain. This is not a service to to ignore that. We don't come to church to just preach happy messages. We get it. Life is painful. Tough sometimes. But Christ came not so that we would live in that pain and that that sorrow, he came to set us free from that. To give us joy. Unspeakable. I tell you, I'm going to tell you right now. This after the first service. My shirt was wet with tears. Praying with people because there's some painful things that's happening. Well, I said, I apologize. I just duplicated the tears that were on your shirt from the other person. I said, I don't even care. That's the best thing I've worn all day. It's okay to come to God with the pain and the tears, it's necessary. And as we focus our attention on Jesus, boy, there's a flood of His grace. There's a flood of His mercy. There's a flood of His love. We put our attention on Him, and His attention isn't put on us. We are able to see His focus on us more. It's always on you. It's just that it opens up the gate for us to see how He really sees you, how He's really been there, and how He is there for you, even now in the pain. We can. We can praise Him in the storm. It's scary in the storm. The disciples woke up Jesus in the middle of the storm because they were afraid, they were scared that they were going to die But at no moment was Jesus startled or alarmed or afraid of the storm that frightened the disciples. We point our praise to Him. We thank Him. We know His power. We rely upon Him and His answer and His provision. We don't look to ourselves for figuring out the answer. We just give it over to Him. Heal our hearts, God. Keep our attention on You. Help us to see Satan's attacks to try and get us distracted, to get us off course, to get our hearts to find criticism and negativity instead of praise and thankfulness. God's grace is a whole lot bigger than the black spots in your life, in my life, in our life, in the life of the church. Look beyond the the disappointments today. Look beyond the disappointments and letdowns of today. See God for what He is and who He is tomorrow. And that He is there tomorrow. Remember, the battles won yesterday. 
Remember the battles won yesterday, yesterday, the victories, the successes in the Lord. Remember them. Retell them to the devil. See, this is chapter 12 wasn't just written for us. It was written for the devil to remind him where he's lost. Retell them to the devil today and live in God's victory tomorrow. You want to have victory tomorrow? We better be shouting praise to God today. If you're shouting negativity and criticism and woe is me today, you won't see the victory that you want tomorrow. Victory comes today. Prepare yourself for the battle that will come. You want to fight back Satan? The best way to fight him back is loading the ammunition, the guns with ammunition of praise. Put your prayers full of powerful praise. See what God turns those words into and how it attacks and causes the enemy to flee. If, you've been, if the enemy is striking you right now, you put up that shield of faith with praise and thanksgiving. You watch that enemy run. You'll still be battling, but there's going to be a joy that replaces despair. There will be a sound mind where you were once had fear. The power of God will come in and infiltrate the deep innermost parts of your being that are unexplainable to science, but is only known by God. Let God tap into that area. Those deep places where it may be drowning you, God will provide His life and boil up over into a spring of life. Let it come. Break open the seal with praise and thanksgiving. God will defeat the enemy for you as we keep our focus on him. The best way to keep our focus on him is to praise him in the storm, is to rejoice in the victory, and to remember him while living in the promises. Psalm seventy-seven, eleven. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, that's an affirmation. I will remember your miracles of long ago. Remember when God pulled you out? Remember when you were stuck in that miry clay and you couldn't move? Remember when you were full of filth and grime and grit and God saved you from that? Remember when you're chained and you couldn't get free and God saved you? Remember. Yes, I will remember how God answered my prayer. Yes, I will remember how God delivered me. Yes, I will remember how God brought me comfort. Yes, I will remember Satan's attacks. Yes, I will remember how hard it was, but I will remember that God came through in a special way, and I am stronger now than what I was then, and God had provided for me, and he will provide for me. Yes, I will remember. I will not forget. I will not let myself Go into a place thinking that I'm doing this on my own or those answers came by myself. I will remember the miracles of a long time ago. I won't forget. We've heard count your blessings. Name them one by one. Well, I believe that we can go further. We can say count your blessings and thank Him one by one. Praise and thankfulness is one of the greatest tools that you have in your tool belt. It is scriptural. It is worship. It is personal. 
Use the stories and the testimony that is written on your heart by the blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ to be your powerful defender and provider. He will provide for you in a miraculous way. Can I just say that again to reaffirm what I'm saying? He will provide for you in a miraculous way through praise and thanksgiving. Put the blessings before the Lord and let Him fight a battle with those words. I dare you to do it this week. Every day. Wake up with words of praise on your lips. Before your feet hit the ground, you say, God, I thank You and I praise You for the victory that You have already given me. Yesterday at work, There was a tough conversation and you gave me grace and power to say what I needed to say. I was able to speak in truth and in love at the same time. I've never been able to do that. Whatever the praise is, be specific. Be specific. We all know that you thank God you praise God for your wife and your husband. Or your husband. Or your kids. We know that you're thankful for God for your salvation. That's a given. We're going to go outside of that. Every day I want you to praise God for one thing that's specific in your life. And it could be this week, I mean, as, as that God is revealing to you, it could be long ago. We're just taking what Joshua has written down. We're taking God's word. We're applying it. We're saying we're going to fight a battle. We're going to remember God. We're going to prepare ourselves for what's next. There are more promises and blessings. And this week we're going to see what God does with your praise and your thankfulness that is filled with spirit and with truth. Be honest. Be specific. Be heartfelt. Write them down. Just for a week. That's just the challenge. Can we handle that? This is the challenge for this week, Monday through Saturday, and on Sunday, see what happens. God will move. This is a guarantee. Not from me, but from God. We point... Praise, blessings fall down. And He blesses us with His Spirit. I want us to stand together and I want to dedicate this week as we make this challenge and charge together to just have our focus and our attention uh, directed towards God. And there's a lot of things to get distracted on. There's a lot of things to focus on. But this week, we are choosing to ignore the black spots. Whether it's in your life, someone else, circumstances, whatever it is. It could be big, it could be small. We're going to push those aside and we're going to aim right towards Jesus. We're going to aim right towards Him and we're going to thank Him every day. We're going to bless God. So what I want to do is I want to pray for every single one of us. I'm not going to ask for a raise, for, raise a hand because I think that we're just going, I'm going to believe that we're just in this together. So I'm going to pray. That we just remember and recall. It's okay to say, God, help me, remind me. And if I forget, wake me up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Some of you are like, oh, no, please don't pray that prayer. I don't want to be woken up at 3. I'm going to do it. I'm going to pray for this week. And then at the back, there's a uh, chalkboard. Did we move? Is it over there now? It's right there. It's over there. You'll put it over there? Paul's going to put it over by the back as we exit. It says, don't just um, 
Count your blessings, share them. And we have people that have written all over it. I want you to share a blessing that God has given you. An answer to prayer, share something that God has done, something God's given you. Could be from long ago. It doesn't matter. This is just a time for us to, in the house of prayer, to praise Him. So we're going to dedicate our week. We're going to exit out into the mission field with a, with a praise report and a blessing from God. And we're going to go out strengthened and encouraged. And I encourage you to look over the blessings that God has given in people's life. Let it be an encouragement to you. And we're going to, we're going to just walk out better, better together, stronger together. We're going to praise Him together. Amen? Let's pray as we dedicate this week to God. Every day of our lives is yours, God. Every breath that we, have, we take in is a miracle from you. Every breath that we take is a new opportunity to exhale praise. Our hearts are directed towards you. Our minds are set upon the things above. All the wonderful things that you have, God. That you've given provided that you've restored and making new we set our our gaze upon you the power that we have in the name of jesus just speaking that name and praising you god there's power in it this week starting with today we just want to simply say thank you Thank you for what you're doing in hearts right now. As there is a shift in a focus, a shift in us, that this week is about you. No matter what is standing in the way, we will not let it blind us from looking to you. Help our faith, increase our awareness, help us to see more and more every single day the blessings that you have given us. We look to you and we're strengthened by all that you have provided. If we forget a day, God, to praise you, wake us up at 3 o'clock in the morning. And let us not find rest until we tell you thank you. We love you. We praise you. We worship you. Help us in all of these things. We need your guidance and your direction. Teach us how to love you more by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, do your best work in us. We are ready. In Jesus' name, we praise you. In Jesus' name, we bless you. In Jesus' name, we thank you. In Jesus' name, we say together, Amen. In Jesus' name, you are blessed and you are dismissed. Have a fantastic, blessed week this week. As you're going out, make sure to write down a blessing, a, pra a praise report on the back chalkboard. There is multiple pens. We will see you next week. God bless.